What's happening in the courtroom as Pastor Art Pulowski faces yet another trial? We get the analysis from someone who joined me in the courtroom, one of our newest rebels, Celine Gallus. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. following along with my Twitter feed yesterday, you would know that I was in the courtroom as Pastor Art Pulowski of Calgary is in another trial for feeding the homeless on the streets of Calgary. And it is a bizarre persecution of the pastor, given that public protests at the time when he received the ticket were recently deemed to be not covered under the Chief Medical Officer of Health's orders of that time, only private gatherings were covered under it. So now the Crown is trying to say that Art's open air Christmas festival slash soup kitchen was somehow a private gathering exclusively relegated to just Christians when people's faith in Christ was never quizzed before Art fed them steak and gave them Christmas presents and showed them a little dignity and joy and love and kindness during the Christmas season of 2020. Now, joining me in the courtroom is someone who started off as an intern, Celine Gallus. Celine's got a crazy story. Literally her first day with us, we stuck her in a rental car with Mocha Bazurkin and sent her to Ottawa <laughs> chasing the convoy. And then after she was finished covering the convoy in Ottawa, instead of going home, she went straight to the border blockade at Coots and started working there. You might say we tried to break her, but we really didn't. There's just so much news to cover and we have great expectations for the young people who start working for us. And now Celine is learning how to court report. And just last week, she chased Prime Minister Justin Trudeau unsuccessfully, however, on the streets of Calgary. So I thought, since I'm in court, since I'm in Calgary, and since Celine's got an interesting career trajectory, um, that we would sit down and talk in the workspace in Calgary. So this is the conversation we had yesterday when we were on lunch from court, which we did not eat lunch because we had to film this and then get back to court. So take a listen to our interview. I'm here in the workspace in Calgary with someone who started off as an intern, Celine Gallus. But Celine, I want to have you on the show because I'm in Calgary this week covering the trials and tribulations of Pastor Art. So we want to talk about that. But I also want to talk to you about the pathway to becoming a rebel because you started <laughs> off um, as an intern with us. And we threw you like right, right into the fire. Right into the fire. <laughs> we your first day with us, you jumped in a rental car with Mocha Bazurgan yeah. and went all the way to the convoy to Ottawa. I guess my question is, why didn't we break you? 
We tried. <laughs> they tried. They definitely did. Um, I'm a big believer of uh, trial by fire in general. Um, I'm an individual that really likes to uh, push myself and, and I'm always aiming to strive towards betterment and anywhere that there is an obstacle. I mean, working for Rebel in general is an obstacle. It's a it's a it's um it's a lifestyle is what I like to to tell people when they ask me like what they can do to work for Rebel News or you know what does it take and I tell them I'm like well it's not a job like you need to this is a lifestyle you eat breathe sleep and you live this because this is a passion this is a passion for me and um unbroken yeah I'll remain that way, 100%. And one of the things that I'm really proud of that we do at Rebel News is you might start as an intern doing one thing, for example, just hanging a camera out the window as Mocha <laughs> drives across the country. Yeah. But we get you doing other things. We get you, you know, working in other parts of the company yeah. to see what fits. Did that work for you? <laughs> Absolutely, it did. Yeah, um, I was definitely able to discover a lot of the different passions that I have for uh, different multimedia as well. So it did start with just me hanging myself out of the window and capturing the convoy. And that was incredible for sure. And then being on the streets of Ottawa, too, that was really just super intense at all times. But then having the opportunity to report or even having a hand in creating the media that we send out on a day to day basis for daily content or, um, you know, social media just in general. It's been great to be able to explore uh, those different uh, avenues for myself. Okay, so let's talk about the trip to Ottawa because your trip to Ottawa didn't actually end with you at even coming home. Uh, you went true. from Ottawa straight to Coots to cover the border blockade there. But what was it like? Because I think Rebel got the story right yeah. and everybody else with the exception, I think, of True North and a couple of other places, they got it wrong. What was your experience inside the convoy? So Ottawa was really different than Coots. Very, very different, actually. Um, just the atmosphere in general, like when, when you approach Milk River, it's, it's a very small town. It's very desolate, you know, as opposed to being in the middle of Ottawa where, you know, it's already a hustle and bustle type of city. But just approaching Milk River, there was this tangible feeling in the air, just like this tension all around. And driving up this long road in the, in the prairies, you could just see the convoy just stopped just and then this entire streamline of of police cars with their their sirens and their lights on and when we pulled into um it was that bar i don't recall the name smugglers i think yes yeah exactly that um the people it was different like they it felt like a war zone to be honest with you um there there wasn't despite you know some of the times where like people were laughing and trying to be very lighthearted about the situation like they were stationed right on the border of the of the U.S. and uh, that's not that's not a small feat, and it's not for the faint of heart. And um, they were there for a very very long time. And in Ottawa, you know, there's a lot of smiles and stuff like that, and and people celebrating and dancing. And that was not how it was in Coots at all. It was it was very it was very cutthroat. I think that's a that's a good way to describe it. Um, but I was really proud of the way that people contained themselves and 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 kept a, a state of of peace, and they were able to just like remain in that the whole time. But it was definitely very different from Ottawa in the fact that, um, yeah, you didn't see a lot of smiles. It was, it was like desolate, barren, freezing cold, yeah. absolutely freezing. And uh, uh, K2 and uh, Sid, the work that they did down there, that was that was incredible. They really uh, put themselves on the on the front lines and they did everything necessary to capture the story as altruistic, uh, as altruistically as possible. Yeah, it, you know, 
they really did capture, I think, the the feeling of Coots in their documentary that yeah. you can see at truckerdocumentary.ca. And we have new showings that we're working on. We've done two in Calgary and we have new ones coming to other parts of the province and maybe even other parts of the country. So keep checking back there. If you're a subscriber to Rebel News Plus, well, good news because you can see the movie there. Um, it's included in your Rebel News Plus subscription. And boy, what a great time to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. If you're watching the um, paywall version of the show, well, you already know. Um, and if you're watching the free version of the show, now's your chance because there's a lot of content behind the paywall that you won't see anywhere else. But yeah, it was very tense, I think, down there. And whereas in Ottawa, there were three weeks of fun and street parties yeah, before the tension came, <laughs> exactly. before yeah. the police moved yeah. in. But at Coots, it was always tension. There was yeah. always conflict with the police. And they really didn't know if the police were going to come from the south yeah. or from the north. They were cut off from their friends and family. Everybody else was blockaded in Milk River. So they were in a constant hyper state of For tension sure. there. Yeah. And that's really captured in the documentary. But yeah, you went all the way to Ottawa, did that, and then drove all the way back across the country in a rental car. Yeah. And went straight, straight to, Coots. to Coots. You didn't yeah. go straight home. No, I went straight to Coots with Mocha. Yeah, we just, we couldn't not. Like, it's, I guess it's also just the thrill of, like, riding that um, train of adrenaline, so to speak. Like, after coming back from Ottawa, like, we, we honestly, we didn't, um, we didn't want to leave. You know, there's always a part of, 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 like, journalism where, like, you get to the point where you're, like, there's more to cover. There's always more to see. We want to be able to show that to the viewers. Um, but then, you know, right in our backyard, we had coots. So driving back, it was a little bit slow paced. And we're like, you know, what, we need to go and uh, offer aid to our fellow rebels and, and go meet them down there. So, yeah, we uh, straight from from Ottawa all the way to, to coots. No stopping. I hadn't seen my my cat for like 15 <laughs> days. I think it was just it was insane. But yeah, it was good. Now. I think you are a testament to just how actually tolerant we are at Rebel News with people who have different lifestyles and different viewpoints. For example, you came to us as a vegan. Now we got you on the chicken wings. I know that for a fact because you ate yeah. some of mine one That's day. Um, and uh, you even were able to ask politicians questions about gun rights. So yes. you asked the question about yeah. gun rights at the Conservative Party leadership debate in Edmonton, and then Adam took you to the gun range. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was a really great experience. That was very fun. Yeah, keep your keep your hands off our guns.com. If you haven't <laughs> checked it out, definitely do now. Um, I just think it's ridiculous to be able to, um, you know, really really crunch down on 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 people's rights and freedoms in a time where you know we're we're trying to facilitate a reality where we feel like we have some of those back in our own hands. I don't agree with personally, and I was a vegan for six years. Um, <laughs> Just yeah, <laughs> six years. But uh, you know, it is contradicting. You'd think, oh, veganism, you know, definitely probably against guns because of the ethics and whatnot. But um, it, it never settled right with me. I've always been pro-gun, even pro-hunting to an, to a certain extent. It's really for me. It was. Uh, it, it's how the system is abused, even in that way. I don't like uh, seeing different systems that we have, um, kind of. Working in a state of dysfunction, I don't see that there's a, a purpose to certain things. You know, health above wealth, or health health is wealth in, in all terms of things, but definitely, um, yeah, shooting guns with Adam was great. That, yeah. was, that was highlight of that week, for sure. Conservatives, take your liberal friends to the gun range. <laughs> if you want to convert them to being a, 
a friend of the firearms movement, just take him to the gun range. Oh, yeah. 100%. Now, what did it feel like to be able to ask a politician a tough question? Because when you ask politicians questions, it can feel intimidating, but you have to realize they're actually scared of you and the question you're asking. Yeah. Actually, I watched my my little video segment back a few times and you know he was all smiles at me Mr. Aitchison until I said from Rebel News and there's just this slight moment where I kept going back and laughing because his face just kind of dropped <laughs> yeah. like the micro expression of what is she about to ask me like I don't know if I can answer this. I just I wasn't afraid in general to be honest. Yeah, there's something that I realized about politicians and journalists is that we have this way of just it's like magnets in a room because we are always going to be reporting on what they're doing and they're always going to be worrying about what we're reporting in regards to their actions so it's like we're magnets in the room and and every time that you know they would shift or say something or do something i really i could notice and i could feel that above anyone else in the crowd like there was the magnetism and there was almost like eye contact or looking or you know reactions and when i walked up to the podium and i was the first person to ask that question i was really happy to do so and I was very confident and, and I'm glad that I that I was able to, to ask that question about gun rights because, uh, I mean, at the time we didn't know uh, what Trudeau had in his back pocket or card up his sleeve, so to speak. So it's very interesting to see it play out that way. You know, and it's good because you are asking a question that you know, yeah. thousands, tens of thousands, actually, I think it's uh, over 2 million licensed Canadian sure. firearms yeah. owners. That's a question that they care about yeah. And that's our duty as journalists is to ask questions that the people want answers to, not like the CBC at that debate where they just kept asking the same dumb question about climate change over and over to each and every politician. We got the WEF for that. Yeah, definitely check out the documentary <laughs> on YouTube as well. I got uh, Keen Simone on that as well as uh, Lewis Brackpool from the, U uh, the UK. So, yeah. yeah. Now, you are in court with me today. We're filming this on Tuesday. Uh, we're in court covering the trial of Pastor Art Pulowski. And this is a three-day trial, and there's no way in heck that they're going to be done in three days um, on the matter of a single, this one, a single public health ticket for illegal public gathering. And the illegal public gathering in question was a Christmas meal that he served to the homeless in downtown Calgary. He's on trial right now for serving them steak, which breaks my heart because I can't even imagine when was the last time those folks yeah. had a steak yeah. and f vegetables and potatoes and gingerbread. There was mention of gingerbread and <laughs> hot chocolate. I can't even believe the um, things I'm hearing in court. I can't even believe that these things are crimes and giving them Christmas presents, organizing Christmas presents for them. And we heard testimony all day this morning all morning. It's been a real soul-sucking experience. This is sometimes pretty boring. Um, but uh, just the idea that a pastor in Calgary could be on trial facing fines for feeding the homeless. And Art made a great point to us today that he was feeding the homeless when the homeless had been denied services by the city of Calgary because they initially limited the amount of people who could be in the homeless shelter. Can you even believe what we're hearing today? No, I can't. Um, <laughs> official statement. No, I can't. Yeah. I've, I've, nev I've actually never been in court before. This is my first time. And uh, it's really different from the movies. If you've never been in court before, like it's not, um, there aren't all these 
very hard questions being asked where you're constantly on your the edge of your seat and, and you're just you're waiting, you know, uh, if it's going to be testified against or if, you know, there's going to be an objection. I literally sat there for the most part with you today, you know, despite that we had some good tweets and we we're definitely um, keeping the viewers updated. But most of them towards the end were about if the Christmas trees there were real, if uh, the people wearing what we could assume to be Santa hats were in fact Santa hats. They and, said uh, they were not specifically traditional Santa hats, but oh. they were Christmas specific. Christmas Great. specific. Great. <laughs> Riveting. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I needed that, you know. Um, I just feel bad. I, I feel like it's a, you know, we're focusing on the peas and the carrots when we need to be no pun intended, focused on the steak, like the, you know, the, the hand, at, the, the very important uh, thing at, at matter here is definitely Arthur Pulowski and the fact that, just like you said earlier, like they were denied resources. And um, I sent out a tweet and um, the Crown was actually insinuating by asking the, the peace officer there that's testifying against uh, Pastor Arthur, um, you know, if there are other resources that exist in Calgary for uh, the homeless population. And, you know, she said yes, because, of course, there are. There always have been in the city. Um, but to what extent? So does that mean that when someone puts forth the effort um, to really, you know, show them courtesy a little bit more and give them a warm meal and um, show them love and kindness yes. and dignity? That yeah. was one of the sorry to interrupt you, but that yeah. was one of the things that I guess the crown found appalling was Ooh. that art. And his congregation were hugging the homeless and shaking their, and shaking hands, their hands and yeah. showing them kindness yeah. and human dignity and yeah. destigmatizing them. And, you know, we hear that word all the time from the left that there shouldn't be stigma. Well, when Art does that in practice, he ends up in court. He ends up being arrested for it. Yeah. And tried for doing that. And I, I don't agree with it. Personally, it's not something that sits well with me. I'm not sure who, you know, could actually be very honest and like, you know, deconstruct the entire event uh, that we're going over today in courts, which is a, just a gathering of people that are literally there to facilitate that warm, loving environment for people that probably haven't been shown a lot of that uh, in their lives, but not in recent times as well because of the pandemic, right? There's a lot of fear mongering around being close to the people around you, uh, let alone your family. Like, how do you think that they feel being that they're already on the streets and homeless? So seeing that video, it warmed my heart. Um, but obviously with the crown, they were more focused on uh, the gingerbread and the color of the speakers being used. That was another thing that um, like they're using as evidence against art um, because at the time people were only allowed to gather together if they were from the same household. And so the peace officer said, you know, these people, they're obviously not from the same household. Yeah, they don't have houses. It's sort of in the implied when you call someone homeless yeah. that they don't have a house to go to and this was the only place where they could get a hot meal that day and be shown love and not treated like you know the unmentionables on the street that day no absolutely and that was another tweet that we focused on uh, being very keen about sending out is just that it's it like how do you even have that conversation with somebody like it's so it can be so simply broken down between us and in this conversation and I'm sure everyone on the other side of this camera is pretty much nodding their heads at this point but it's really hard to uh, get around like the simplicity of, of actions that are just literally from from kindness and love like it doesn't have to be complicated I think that's where ego comes into play and and most of the time politics as well because something like this that is so simple and just literally from the bottom of uh, of their heart from the organizations that the, they're a part of it's um 
I don't understand it. This is, yeah, court's a little bit challenging, but uh, it's good. It is challenging, especially when you're looking at the evidence. One of the videos that we were shown today shows Art talking about his Christmas event that he wants to hold for the homeless. And behind him are hundreds of people skating, literally hundreds of people skating on Olympic Plaza. That's fine. But Art gathering together to feed the homeless... That wasn't fine. That was an illegal public gathering under the rule. And as you're sitting there, you're realizing, okay, this is three days long. This is on a charge that goes back to December 2020. Yeah. It's three days. It's There's no way they're going to finish because the crown is sucking our life out by just entering all these nonsense things into evidence and taking forever. Um, but... We know that Alberta has an extreme shortage of Crown prosecutors to the point where real crimes are being thrown out because they're going over the constitutional limit of when you should have a speedy trial. And so rapists are walking free. People who abuse their wives and their children or their spouses are walking free while the Crown wastes resources three-day trial on this ticket instead of just tossing it out and saying it's not in the public interest. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, during the entire pandemic in the winter, um, people were skating all the time. I'm born and raised Calgary. I was skating a couple of times out there. On right the across the street yeah. from where Art yeah. got his ticket. Yeah. So as always, it seems to be one law for me, one law for thee, or one law for, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's always, it's, it's, it's hypocritical that it's steeped in hypocrisy, these things. Like, it's literally right behind them in the video, too. Like, this entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, multiples of people, and they're just going around. They're having a good time. Like, I'm sure if you zoomed into the clip, you know, uh, there is a lot of people that weren't masked at that time. Some people were. Um, but that's one of the issues that she brought up, and that was actually um, objectified, is that... Um, she asked, uh, the, the Crown asked the, the peace officer if uh, if she can recall uh, the people in the crowd, you know, wearing a mask. And, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of wiggle room for these things, especially, you know, fast forward to 2022 with masks in particular, like just before it was lifted. You know, you could go into a restaurant wearing a mask, but you could, you know, also take it down to eat. So it's kind of the same premise. So, you know, if you're going to go to a if you're going to go to a place where, you know, you're expecting to get a meal, a warm meal and, you know, you're outside, it's already hard to breathe. It's like in the minus, you know, a thousand because it's Canada. Um, how are you supposed to do those things? How do you facilitate even social distancing to grab your food? If we're going by like the meter stick of like six feet, it doesn't even make any sense. And when these points get brought up, you know, now, you know, back then it might have made more sense because of where we were at. And uh, but even then it different. It didn't because at that time. Yeah. You didn't have to wear a mask outside. Oh, no. I, I mean, sure. it doesn't make any sense, yeah. but why would the Crown even bring it in? And when challenged by yeah. by Sarah Miller, Art's yeah. longtime lawyer on that issue, she said, well, it colors the crowd. As in, they're anti-lockdown. They aren't, they aren't science believers. Um, they're adjacent to the lockdown protests. So, yeah, no, they mu- yeah. They're, they're being adjacent to the lockdown protests. Yeah. It's a good bet that they are colored with the same brush but it was trying you know it was very clear trying to sort of bias the court against art because he's a an objector they were sort of putting his politics on trial as opposed to his actions that day no that's a really good point yeah it's uh it doesn't make a lot of sense in regards to to the science aspect right especially if you are just outside then yeah it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me it never did no
That's why I didn't wear the mask. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here and I didn't wear the masks. Exactly. Now, um, we have to get back to court. Um, we're filming this on a break from court. I want to ask you, what is the, outside of the two convoys, I can't even believe that I'm saying outside of the two convoys that you covered, the two major international stories that you've covered for us, um, what's the um, most interesting story or the most fun story that you've done? Outside of the convoys, I know that those are pretty fun. <laughs> those are. I don't know. Yeah. If you ask me that, I'd, I'd say they couldn't be beat by the convoy. But uh, I think just recently when uh, Justin Trudeau uh, snuck into Calgary and uh, we were down at the Fairmont here in, uh, in Calgary and uh, just the crowds that showed up, like it was literally a tweet that was dropped. We got the tip. Me and Sid raced right from our, our second premiering of uh, or showing of the, the new uh, Coots Trucker documentary. And... Um, the crowd of people that was waiting there when Justin Trudeau's plane was not set to even touch down until 10 p.m. We arrived there just after eight and there was already like 20, 30 people, you know, using parabolics, running around with flags. And it was a good time. The crowd was peaceful, but it was just the dedication alone. Um, when you have a prime minister such as the one that we do in Canada, um, yeah, if you've watched, you've watched the videos, yeah, you definitely, you know, you know what's going on. It, it makes sense why there would be a crowd, but like just the determination and, oh. It's what I love off. about Alberta that Trudeau's not gonna come on our turf <laughs> no. and just get like the welcome wagon. No. We roll out the protests and the, the yeah, yeah, and the FU Trudeau flags. Yeah. That's all out there in yeah. full force. He's not just gonna roll in under cover of darkness and just no. roll out of town. No. Not Alberta. No. And there were so many different like back alleys and different passageways. Like we we tried to like think like like logistically, we're like, you know, he's probably no matter what not going to roll through the front door, but like where would he most likely, you know, come in or you know, if there's like a an, an access point from the back, there is like 20, 30 ways to get into this building, not to mention the plus 15s, not to mention the underground um tunnels that like run through there. So it's he snuck in. We got confirmation later um, from the staff that he was already in the building and, and sleeping. Despite us, you know, asking them before he got there, apparently, they, they just said that they had no idea what was going on, which was sure. laughable. Yeah, I'm like, there's just sure. 40 people in front of your establishment for absolutely no reason with F. Trudeau flags and just, you know. Yeah, that, and there's RCMP security all over the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we yeah. don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's even his it's personal. a mystery. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery for sure. Yeah, this is and to see uh, the mainstream media also again, parked about two blocks uh, down from where the, the Fairmont was and just, you know, capturing something, some angle. I'm not sure. I don't watch fake news. But um, yeah, they they started to be belligerent when the crowd started to out them. Like I got a little clip of it. I was I was kind of stowed away in a back alley, hoping that that's where <laughs> he would come in from. Anyways, um, I got to, to capture it. At once the crowd started to realize like, hey, that ginormous camera that that guy is carrying over there and setting up and recording us from like such a, a far standpoint, like these are the people that, you know, they know us personally. Like when we do journalism, like we actually go up to people, we talk to people, we're in the crowd, we enmesh with them. We are not two blocks up the road, sitting in their car, scared to death. Being sketchy. Yeah, we're not being <laughs> sketchy or suspect. Um, but as soon as they're outed, you know, the dude started shouting stuff back. And I was like, hey, just, like, yeah. just cut it. Take your camera and, you know, just get on out of here. Yeah. Like, you know, mosey on out. But uh, 
Yeah, we didn't catch Trudeau, unfortunately. That was, I'll catch him eventually. Yeah. It's actually my goal. It's my number one goal. Yeah. Now, you're not an intern anymore. So now you have to sort of decide what you want to do and the things you want to focus on. So what's sort of on your horizon that way? Besides court reporting so that I don't have to. (laughs) Sheila, I'm so glad that you asked me that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll definitely be doing probably, you know, still a little bit of the the back end stuff with social media and whatnot and the court stuff when Sheila cannot be here or Adam or I'll probably just do it anyways. That's yeah, it's it's not too bad. The tweeting is kind of fun and it's interesting to see how the sausage gets made a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, the justice system does does grind and squeak mm-hmm. it's and it's interesting to be privy to that um but journalism as a whole to be yeah. a reporter um i want the borders to open up i want uh, the restrictions to be lifted um, and once they do i would love to be a traveling international reporter so i can report anywhere uh, around the world and and be dedicated to providing that other side of the story to the viewers but who will watch the cat <laughs> you know that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point no, she's good. My mom is like a, she's like a cat grandma. She's like mm. a, there's like lots of strays in her neighborhood and they all just seem to gravitate to her. I mean, yeah, she like feeds them. So, you know, just grandma, we got a cat grandma. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, Selena, we uh, actually have to jet. We have to get back to court. Um, so thanks for sitting down. Thanks for letting our viewers get to know you a little bit better. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. Absolutely. Thanks, Sheila. This is the portion of the show where we read your viewer feedback. Unlike the mainstream media, we actually leave our comment section open. We even invite comments because we want to know what you think about the work that we're doing here at Rebel News. So one of the best ways to have me read your comments on air, and I do take them from different sources, but I do appreciate when they go directly to my email. So my email is Sheila at rebelnews.com. And if you put gun show letters in the subject line, it's really easy for me to find because I some days get hundreds, hundreds of emails. And that's one of the best ways for me to sort through them. So anyway, now that that's out of the way, we can get to Kathy's letter. And she writes, I just watched K2's Trucker Convoy documentary. I followed all rebel reporters throughout the ordeal, but wow. I live in Calgary and on the one hand, wish I could have been at the Canyon Meadows Theater to watch it with kindred spirits. But on the other hand, it made me weep with pride and that would not be a good look to wear in public. Thank you to Kean and company for creating this wonderful piece that restores hope in my heart and that makes me marvel even still at all the souls involved and the conditions with which they dealt in order to help restore some amount of normalcy to our lives. While there is still a ways to go to fully have freedom restored, there is hope. Kathy. Well, Kathy, I'm assuming that since you didn't go to the theatrical release at Canyon Meadows Cinema, that you are watching the Trucker documentary as part of your subscription to Rebel News Plus. For those of you who aren't subscribed to Rebel News Plus, there is exclusive content available only to subscribers behind that paywall. And to become a subscriber, just go to rebelnewsplus.com. The movie's called Trucker Rebellion, the story of the Coots blockade. We did two showings in Calgary at Canyon Meadow Cinema. And due to popular demand, we are releasing it to special showings in the Edmonton area. 
And as I'm filming this, I'm proud to say we just booked a very interesting, fun event. It's dinner and a movie. $64.99. It is at a restaurant that has hosted events for us before, so we know they're cancel culture resilient. And so you get a great all-you-can-eat buffet meal with your non-alcoholic drinks included. And then we watch the movie together, and then we're going to have a Q&A session afterwards to get your tickets. And you must get your tickets fast because there are only 100 of them. Just go to truckerdocumentary.com and you'll get your tickets there. And like I said, move fast. There's only 100. Um, this is going to be a very interesting, fun event with great food, great people, and then a great discussion afterwards. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. <laughs>